Are you ready? A Shot of Wrestling, episode 309, and away we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Season 7 premiere of A Shot of Wrestling. I'm your host, at Magdipati. Thank you for joining us. In the past couple of months, you notice there's been a lot of big-name returns onto the Triple H era. Well, something else is coming back this weekend, my friends. Please welcome back football. Football is back this weekend, ladies and gentlemen. So excited. After all these weeks, months of waiting, football is finally back. Wow. But, ladies and gentlemen, you hear him now. I guess uh, whoever created that at former co-hosts can delete it. No more at redacted. Please welcome back to the show my former, former co-host, Hollywood Marcus Davenport Sean III. Welcome back, buddy. Long time no see. Well, thank you, buddy. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm uh, thank glad you. that you're allowed to say... I'm glad you're allowed to say my name again on the show. I, I noticed even when I had interviews on, you refused to say it. You treated me like Donald Trump on Stephen Colbert's show. That's not fair. I took a paternity leave to take care of my daughter, and now I am back, as I promised, as I said I would. I know you had doubts, but here I am. And for the record, no longer Hollywood. Really? No longer Hollywood, Mark Schwann. Okay. That's gone. That's in the past. You know, it's a new day here. Mm-hmm. So from this point forward, I am just going by your favorite actor, Mark Schwann. Well, why are you dropping Hollywood? You know, I, I think it's time, you know, for a, a change for... You know, for myself in the world of professional wrestling, and, and I feel like Hollywood, you know, I mean, the Hollywood assassin, yeah. you know, that was when I first came into professional wrestling. It was during a time when I was with the Satsujin squad. Uh, and, you know, the, the squad is really no more. You know, yeah. we've gone all our separate ways, and I, I think it's time for me to make my own name for myself. And not to say there's anything wrong with Hollywood assassin and, uh, you know, the, the squad, but, you know, it, you have to evolve. You know, and, and for me, it's time to me, for me to take that next step. And that's how I'm going to do it. Your favorite actor, Mark Schwann. And there's going to be more to come with that in BCW for sure. Okay. Ominous words. Welcome back, buddy. How you been? What's going on? How's the baby? How's life? How's fatherhood treating oh, you? Oh, man. Dude, so it's crazy, man. I, I, it's been months. I feel rusty. So, yeah, I, I had a daughter. Uh, she's great. Okay. Uh, she's four months now, and dude, I, I am having a blast being a dad. It's there's no other feeling like it, man. For real, like it, it, I know it's cliche. And I, I know, people, like you know, fathers they say time and time again, you don't really know until it happens. Even when my wife was pregnant, you know, I thought I may have a clue, but no, I was clueless, man. Like now, now I totally get it. it it's just you just view the world so differently. I seen that clip of uh, Ryan Reynolds, I believe it was on Stephen Colbert or David Letterman, saying how he would take a bullet for his wife because that's how much he loved his wife, the beautiful Blake Lively. Then they had a daughter, and he's like, "I would use her as a human shield in a heartbeat." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh yeah, I guess that." You sent me that clip. Yeah. You sent me that clip, and that was so accurate. And I showed it to my wife. I showed it to like some family members, and we all laugh from it. it it's. Uh... Dude, having especially being a girl dad, dude, the way my daughter looks at me, the way she smiles, it's like the the best feeling in the world. I feel the same way every time I look at my million dollar championship signed by Ted DiBiase. So I know how you feel. I think it's a similar similar situation. I believe on the same par, maybe. Uh, you know, apples and oranges, apples and oranges. But hey, whatever floats your boat. Okay. How about you, buddy? What, what's what's been new for you, man? Nothing. Nothing at all. Same shit, different day, but we're here, new season. I want to get rid of this negativity, all the positivity about love and acceptance. So let's uh, yes, let's have a great, great season. Like I mentioned it last season finale. Last time me and you had a season premiere, we were dripping in COVID, almost on our deathbeds. So I'm very happy that this season premiere, 
we're all good. We're all good, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Start, starting off right, man. And speaking of seasons, you know, easy major four football seasons kicking off. You have That's your right. Miami Dolphins jersey on. Uh, how are you feeling about them this year? Really good, buddy. Really good. I say that every season, and I always get let down. I thought we had bigger hopes going into this season, but every projection I read is either going to be barely above 500, not even in the playoff picture. So there's going to be another mediocre season. But it's going to be a huge season for us because we make or break for Tua, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely make or break for him. I mean, they, they surrounded him with all the talent in the world over there. Yeah. Uh, the, uh... You know, it's also, you know, Mike McDaniel, I mean, he's this is a first year head coach, so let's see what he has. But, dude, it's tough because, you know, Miami finally has a good team again. Yep. But then, you know, Buffalo Bills are just on a whole yeah. other level. <laughs> <We're fucked laughs> As we saw Thursday night football. It's disgusting. We got finally get rid of the Patriots. And now all of a sudden we got uh, the Bills to deal with. I'm like, oh, jeez. Can I catch a break? What did someone say? So I, I feel like uh, I think Max Greenberg in ESPN, I could be wrong, said it, it's like Aaron Rodgers and Derrick Henry had a baby somehow and out came Josh Allen. Well, that's nuts. Right. It. Like the, the dude's got a cannon arm, but like he is, he's not afraid to like put his shoulder down and hit some p- football players too in the meantime. Uh the dude's a specimen of an athlete. How about your Jets? Yeah, you know, we can talk about wrestling now. It's cool. <laughs> Enough said, Marcus. How about we move on and uh, see if you how rusty you are. Tell us what's trending this week. Oh, man. Well, for anyone living underneath a rock, let me tell you what's been trending on social media this past week in wrestling, it's all about AEW. I feel like AEW has never gotten this much press. Is it the right press? Probably not. So it's CM Punk. It's about Kenny Omega. It's about the Young Bucks. It's even about Colt Cabana. Guys, I'm just going to play a clip for you real fast here, if you will, from Covalent TV at the Covalent TV. CM Punk just went scorched earth on Colt Cabana. Here's the clip. Why I'm a grown-ass adult man and I decide not to be friends with somebody is nobody else's fucking business. But my friends, if I fall backwards, will catch me. Scott Colton, I felt, never would have. My problem was I wanted to bring a guy with me to the top that did not want to see me at the top. Okay? You call it jealousy, you call it envy, whatever the fuck it is. My relationship with Scott Colton ended long before I paid all of his bills. I have every receipt, I have every invoice, I have every email. I have the email where he says, and I quote, I agree to go our separate ways. I will get my own lawyer and you do not have to pay anymore. That's an email that I have. The only reason the public did not see is because when I finally had to countersue him through discovery, we discovered he shared a bank account with his mother. That's a fact. As soon as we discovered that fact and we subpoenaed old Marsha, he sent the email, oh, can we please drop all this? Now, it's 2022. I haven't been friends with this guy since at least 2014, late 2013. And the fact that I have to sit up here because we have irresponsible people who call themselves EVPs and couldn't fucking manage a target, and they spread lies and bullshit and and put into a media that I got somebody fired when I have... Fuck all to do with him. Want nothing to do with him. Do not care where he works, where he doesn't work, where he eats, where he sleeps. And the fact that I have to get up here and do this in 2022 is fucking embarrassing. And if y'all are at fault, fuck you. If you're not, I apologize. But what did I ever do in this world to go, to deserve an empty-headed fucking dumb fuck like Hangman Adam Page to go out on national television and fucking go into business for himself. For what? What did I do? Dave, what did I ever do? You tell me. Didn't do a goddamn thing. So after that little pipe bomb, that outburst from CM Punk, meanwhile, he was sitting next to Tony Khan that whole time. According to at Russell Talk TV, it has been rumored that there was a fight backstage following CM Punk's comments aimed towards the AEW EVPs, Hangman Page and Colt Cabana during the All Elite Media Scrum. So that was a rumor at the time. Keep in mind, guys, I am going based on a timeline of the tweets that we saw this. 
as we come to find out, it necessarily wasn't Colt Cabana and Hangman Page that was in the scrum. No, no, no. It was Kenny Omega and a Young Bucks. And shit got wild. According to NoDQ at NoDQ.com, several people within AEW reportedly think that CM Punk should be fired after comments that are made, especially after the altercation backstage where I think it was Nick Jackson was the one that got knocked out. Um, one of them. You know, a, a, chair, a chair was thrown. Someone got bit. Yeah. I mean, it, it had us thinking, man, could this be a work? You know, is this an elaborate work? Because, you know, we didn't see it. Uh, it's going to be using a storyline. Well, at Russell Puris, it's not a work. There's a lot of legal situations involved. And it can be very messy. And I think that's one of the reasons why no one at AEW is allowed to talk about it. That's going to Dave Meltzer, an AEW backstage confrontation involving CM Punk and the Elite. We're not done here yet, guys. So, of course, you know, we're thinking, all right, well, what's going to happen next? You know, is someone going to be fired? Is there going to be all, you know, suspensions? Is CM Punk done? Because the Twitter, the Twitter universe has been divided pretty much on, like, whose side is on whose. So, according to at Russell Pierce, going back to them, there are suspensions stemming from the Sunday fight that was a result of CM Punk's post-all-out press conference comments. More to come here. According to Sports Illustrated at Russell Ops, the punishment will be suspensions for every person involved in the AW backstage altercation after All Out on Sunday. CM Punk and A Steel will be uh, will either be a, a part of those suspensions or no longer with the company by the end of Wednesday. So that got a lot of speculation going here. Like, okay, well, they ironed out suspensions for the EVPs, but the world champion might be fired. Okay, not done here. Wednesday comes along, AEW Dynamite, going to at BR Wrestling. Tony Khan announced both the AEW World Championship and AEW World Trios Championships have been vacated. No other word about the scrum or what happened in the aftermath. Just vacated for no reason whatsoever. And if you think this shit couldn't get more wild, here it is. Going back to at WrestlePurist, CM Punk's out for eight months or whatever it's going to be, six months to eight months, whatever if he's not let go. And a lot of people don't want him back, according to Dave Meltzer. So CM Punk suffered an injury during that and has to vacate the title again. So, Putty, whew, after all of that, what I just went through, let's talk about this. AEW, are things getting so out of control in that locker room that it can't be resolved? And how should this be handled? First of all, I watched the media scrum live, right? I'm like, oh, you know, I heard this going on. It's live on YouTube. I have nothing else to do. Let me, let me check this out. Let me procrastinate going to bed like I should. And I watched it. And I watched it unfold live before my eyes. And I was flabbergasted. I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? I made a comment that if I didn't know who CM Punk was, I could have swore he was drunk. The way he was mm. talking, the way he was acting, just going on, the, on this rant. He was chowing down on these muffins, which I think led to the... the nice plug to the small business, yeah. by the way. <laughs> uh, it was just really, really, really nuts. I was like, what the hell's going on here? I believe the locker room is divided. I believe how they should should handle it is how they are handling it. The reports that we're reading, Chris Jericho stepped up. Daniel Bryan is stepping up at locker room leaders. I don't think that's what they need, um, what they have had. John Moxley as well. Yeah. I believe, you know, the MJF said in the promo that locker room is you know, AEW guys and WE guys. I think having John Moxley, Daniel Bryan, and Chris Jericho try to be the locker room leaders, I think that will kind of erase that divide. Because they're there for the younger talent, put over the younger talent. I think how they're handling it is very well done. You can't come on the show and mention what happened. So I feel how they handled it was well done. I think the locker room, this is the boiling point. This is the blow up. This is the eruption now. We have to deal with the, the, the aftermath. And I think they've handled it pretty well so far. See what happens in the future. When CM Punk comes back, if he comes back. I don't think they're going to fire him. Should they fire him? Probably. Well, they don't think so. Now that he's eight why? months off. Why, why should they fire CM Punk, though? If, like, you know, if it's an EVP throw. All right, let's go back to what happened from square one, from the media scrum here, right? He was asked a question. He answered directly. So, you know, yeah, maybe he shouldn't have answered the way he did, but Tony Khan sitting right next to him. He could have interjected at any point to stop that from going on. Tony Khan, this is on him. I have to say that, man. Like, yeah. he, he obviously has lost control of his company there, and it's not a good look. You know, this could easily, I mean, you had the EVPs of the company, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, threatening to walk out. Is CM Punk right calling them children? I would have to say yes. You know, both sides can be right, but they can be wrong at the same time. And no one is acting right here. You know, like CM Punk had some, like, you know, 
I, I would lean towards CM Punk being a little right, but not the way how he went about it, if you will. Why are we still talking about Colt Cabana, though? We haven't seen him on TV in months. That fuse that's been... what, you know, it's another thing he was right about. It's like, you know, the fact that we're still talking about this is fucking embarrassing. Uh, Hangman Page, did he go out for business for himself? Yeah, it sounds like he did. CM Punk could have definitely handled that a little bit differently, especially being a more of a veteran. But he than did Hangman though. Page. He went in for business. He gave him the receipt. Move on, done. But then it goes back like to CM Punk's point that, like, you know, there's children running in the show. You know, obviously Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks standing up for their buddies, and, mm. and that's not how you do business, especially as EVPs. I think you know what? Going back to Tony Khan here, I think that's a bad choice. You having active wrestlers being EVPs of your company, and you know, it kind of makes you think. You know, is this the reason why Cody Rhodes left? I believe it was. Right? I think they, it has been not by name, but kind of alluded to that, the fact that's why he left, yeah. It was kind of alluded to because there, there, was, there was trouble backstage, yada, yada. Like it, also, uh, it, it, ha- it has to come down to this. He mentioned since joining the E that being an executive wasn't for him. He didn't feel comfortable doing it. He didn't want to do it. Maybe those guys are just feeling the same way. Maybe they're like, I just want to wrestle. I don't want to deal with this bullshit. I don't want to deal with the politics. Let me just wrestle. Maybe that's kind of weighing on their shoulders as well. Yeah, this is going back to your point, where like the EVP should not be active wrestlers. Let them focus on the what they do in the ring, not political bullshit that they don't need to deal with. Right, right. Or, or if you're the later end of your career, like Triple H was, yeah. who wrestled transition of Blue Moon. But at the same time, you know he he had Stephanie McMahon controlling the show. He had Vince McMahon controlling the show. Like you know he had stable people who's been around this business for a very long time, controlling him and guiding him on what to do. You know, there's no guidance there in AEW at all. And this is coming from a guy who's a fan of AEW. I love AEW. It, it sucks to see what's going on here. Like, you know, we've seen this happen. This type of Bush League crap happen to Impact. We've seen it happen in WCW towards the end. And if they don't clean up their act, they could be a defunct company within the next year or two. Going back to my point where I think that's why I think having Chris Jericho, Daniel Bryan, John Moxley. Especially kind of, Jericho since he's, he's been there. He's been there. Yeah. He's kind of it. being taking the helm, taking your leadership role, so to speak, because I forgot what question he was asked. I think he mentioned it in an interview last week to Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon, he knows he's learned from Vince McMahon. He knows how to do. And I feel like Vince's influence on him can definitely help him control and smooth things over and lo- control that locker room even more than it is right now. I think Chris Jericho right now is the guy to help squash this right now. If there's anyone on that yeah. roster to help that out, Will be Jericho, and I would even throw in William Regal in there as well. That's a good one, yeah. That could, that that could help sort this type of crap out. You know, as much as like you know Eddie Kingston, is, I know is a vocal person in that locker room. He's more of like you know a motivator, if you will, to rally you up, but not necessarily in this case scenario to like, you know ease tensions down. And I love Eddie Kingston, Yonkers guy through and through. Yeah. But you, you know he himself also has some grievances with CM Punk and some other people backstage that he has been very vocal about. You know, you, even like going to uh, an altercation with Sammy Guevara last week or two weeks ago. Yeah, shit is getting out of control in that locker room. And, you know, I hope Jericho, Moxley, and, and Brian Danielson can step up and ease the tensions here. But, you know, CM Punk being injured here now, it's a world champion. Again, vacating the championship within the, what? Like, it, it's... For the first how time. How long has he been champion for? For, for all together. He's for, been champion, what, six days since winning the first time to winning the second time? He's like, thinking it's insane, it dude. for the first time, my friend. Remember, he was interim. He was still the champion. This is the first time he's been stripped of it, okay? Pay attention. Going back to what you're just talking about, though, guys like Eddie Kingston, most of that AEW locker room is where are we coming from the indies. Every indie promotion is different. Every indie promotion is guys trying to make a name for themselves, putting them on the spotlight. Again, I, you said you're an AEW guy. I'm a WWE mark. So what Chris Jericho is talking about, Vince Command controlling this locker room, they know how a business is supposed to run, how a business should be successful, how you should act and not act in the public eye, how what you tell the reporters, what you tell these dirt sheets, what you don't tell them. If they can lock that shit down, those are the guys that do it. And I think going forward, those guys controlling the locker room, I think AEW will be fine. So going back to what I was talking about CM Punk. So CM Punk is out for apparently about around about eight months or so eight with this new injury. Yeah. Eight to nine months. So that's a long time. You know, it, It's a good amount of time to maybe get the locker room together and yeah. calm things down. But when he comes back, when happens? he comes back, does he come back? Should they allow him back? They signed him to a lot of money, a lot of yeah. big time contract. But is, is he worth that money or they should, should they let him go? I was going to ask you that because you're the AW guy. I don't know how the ratings are going on. I don't know how the merchandise is going on. I don't know how the pay-per-view buys are going. Is he still a draw? 
I mean, when he came back, his debut was huge. The months subsequent were huge, but is I think he was still a draw until until the young bucks or whoever it was released that info. It kind of just like poured gasoline in that fire between him and Hangman Page, and it kind of made people turn on Punk a bit. And you know, Punk, I I I have to agree with what Punk said. Like, you know, why would you bury your top draw? You know, you're 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 taking money away from not just you know himself, but for the promotion as well. Like it's just not good business. It's not smart. And and that's what they need to clean up here. I feel like he should take his months off and realize, okay, what he did was wrong. He shouldn't handle it that way. And maybe when he, if allowed to come back, he gets a second chance. I don't think he should take the full eight months. I I I think he yes he should take some time to evaluate and you know to evaluate something he won't really take a week or two to do and, and then like you know start start making advances to better your situation whether if you want to come back then you you know you, you make the steps to do that if you don't then you also take the steps to to you know leave apparently you know again i'm a huge cm punk fan but uh, you talk about second chances it seems like not a lot of positive things were said about CM Punk when he left WWE. No, none. You know, it, it, it seems like AEW may have been his second chance. Oh, you know, apparently there, was, there, there were some, there were some people even saying bad things when he was part of the Fox backstage. Uh, there were some obviously oh, yeah. Natty, Natty had uh, some shots fired today on Twitter. Did she on her own tweet? Like it kind of making it seem like you know she's against CM Punk. And she shared that locker room with him for quite some time. You know, so, I, listen, I, I'm a fan of CM Punk as a performer. Uh, Phil Brooks, uh, on the other hand, uh, the person, it seems like he he's a polarizing car- figure, it seems like. You know, there, there are people very much on his side, and then there are people very much against him. So yep. I don't necessarily know. I've never shared a locker room with a man. I don't necessarily know yep. who he is as a person. So I can't speak for that. I, I can only speak from, like, what I'm seeing as an outsider in, in this specific scenario here. It's just, again, I think, you know, there are multiple parties wrong in this. While I think I agree with CM Punk's points, not necessarily agreeing with the actions, if you will. No, it's fair uh, enough. I think everyone agrees with that statement. And no, not at all. No? <laughs> not everyone agrees with that statement. No. I feel like no, it's, there, it's just common there, sense. There, you don't fucking there, shit on the, where you eat, and he just shat where he ate. There are people very, very much against CM Punk right now. Uh, he's, he's being buried. He's being buried by... Well, I mean, as he, it should be, but, like, it just should no, be, like, can, that. he's not that, cancel culture here. It's not gonna be can, let's not cancel CM Punk here. That's what people are looking to do. They're no, this is, not, this is not cancel-worthy. And I'm, I'm, I'm not a but CM me, Punk fan. This is me saying... But meanwhile, you, 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 have the, you have the Young Bucks and, Ken, and Kenny Omega, like, knocking down his door, pretty much. <laughs> like, well, what's going on here? Bret Hart, and I'm, it, not it, saying, I'm, I'm not saying they should be canceled either. And actually, you know what? I want to bring up this point. So, Bully Ray, uh, Rob, on, on uh, Busted Open... How this is like a a million dollar idea here, you know, to, from to like to, to make some money off this, you know, it, it's it's everywhere at this point. Is this something that they can probably bank on yes. when CM Punk comes back? Yes, and should they? Yes, I didn't even need you to finish that sentence because not something I thought about until you just mentioned it. Halfway through your sentence, yes, WWE capitalized <laughs> on this perfectly with Lita, Edge, and Matt Hardy. And was, that's immediately what came to mind with that. But some people are saying, oh, that, that was different. That's different. Like, different how? Yeah, like, it was worse. There was heart. It was there worse. Was there was love involved. There was cheating. There was heartbreak. There was two guys in those ring. You don't know what those punches were being pulled or being landed. Who knows what's going on? So if AW wants to capitalize on this, going back to that, yeah. When CM Punk's healthy, ready to go, make it real. Bring it to the attention. As long as things are kind of smoothed over backstage, put it to the ring. Let's see what happens. Make it make money off of this. Now the the problem is though is obviously Edge and Matt Hardy were mature enough to <laughs> continue with the storyline. Oh my god! Yeah, you're right. Maturity. You yeah, know, that's a different story. Like, and and also you know again they had the proper leadership and the guidance to make sure everything was done right. Does AEW have that? Not to shit on the talent here, but are CM Punk, is Adam Page, is the Young Bucks, the Elite, are they mature enough to get through this? I mean, CM Punk it seems like it's he's it's easy to ruffle his feathers, and he he does wear his heart in his chest. He's not afraid to say what he's going to say. He's obviously not afraid to pull punches, uh, to not pull punches, if you will. Like, 
are they mature enough to make money off it without getting hurt? I'm not a big fan of all the names you mentioned. I just have a random gut feeling. The Elite are. I am not too sure about CM Punk. Fair enough. I mean, I, I want to defend him, but, you know, CM Punk, I, he hasn't done a lot lately for me to, to do that based on what you said. Unless, you know, maybe maybe it just, we don't necessarily know what happened leading up to this before that, what he how he was dealing with it. You know, what we're seeing is what everyone else is seeing here. You know, every, everyone has a breaking point, right? Yeah. And obviously CM Punk has hit his. Is it a short breaking point? Is it a long breaking point for him? It seems short on our end, but it could have been, this could have been brewing for a while on his part. But let's say they are mature enough, right? Let's say, let's say they, they, they can, you know, all right, let, let's go into business here. But I think it's going to take one off cup remark. It's going to take one accidental blow for it to all blow up. And they don't have the right leadership to steer the ship right if shit goes south. They don't. Such a clusterfuck this, this thing, whole thing was. Is there any chance that we're all being worked? Oh, any absolutely, chance at all? Absolutely. There's always a chance. There's always a chance. Always a chance, yeah. I don't, know, I don't know. Like, AW, Tony Khan, those guys at the backstage are willing to do whatever it takes. So having the Elite win the, the first ever Trios Championship and then getting stripped of it is really fucked up. Mm. But then I could see them like, yo, this would be fucking awesome. Get the dirt rags, the podcast, talking about it. I'm, I'm down to do it. So I want, I, again, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a fucking work, but it doesn't seem I like it is. I don't think it is. I, I don't think it is, man, because that, you can't plan for this amount of attention, and it's not good attention at all. Like, second, it, makes Tony Khan, it makes Tony Khan look weak. That's the second time you mentioned it, but isn't, isn't that old phrase, there's no such thing as bad press? I mean, the ratings probably did well for AEW Dynamite this week, so <laughs> maybe you're right. Yeah. Maybe you're right, but I, I, I think we're at this point where uh, we're beating a dead horse, man, like, you know, to be continued. We're going to see what happens next year. But, you know, uh, going with what you said before about Jericho or Brian Danielson, but touch on Moxley real fast here. Moxley's promo, AEW Dynamite, man, I think shows, you know, what a good leader he would be for that company because that was all heart. And you, you could tell he meant and felt every single word of that. And if he brings an ounce of that to that locker room, they could be better off, but we shall see. Yeah. So, Marcus, uh, I think we talked enough about CM Punk. Was there anything trending this week? Well, was that I mean, buddy, I, was that just dominating the whole? Yeah, that pretty much dominated all of social media here. Uh, so I, I haven't heard anything else but that all week. So yes. As far as the news goes, that's all we have here. That's all the time we utilize for the news there. Yeah, I mean that was dominating everything. So how about we get into my favorite subject? This week's TV takedown. It's time for this week's TV Takedown. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is time where we usually get into our thoughts about the week that was television. But however, this new season, Marcus, tell them what's going on. All right, so TV Takedown is back, but with a little bit of a twist. So we're taking a little bit from like what's trending from the news and applying that to TV. So instead of us you know, recapping what happened in the past week or what we're looking forward to next. We're going to talk about the trending topics that happened while TV was going on. So starting off here at Melissa X one one two five. It's in all caps tonight of the big AEW pay per view. Right, Cody Storm is AEW Women's Interim Champ. Let's fucking go! Lots of excitement behind Tony Storm winning the Interim Women's Championship. But I do have to ask you, Putty. Tony Storm is now Interim Champion. What happens when Thunder Rosa comes back, though? Is this going to play out the same way we saw it happen with John Moxley and CM Punk? Because that didn't really end out too well. What do you think? It's going to come off better because you have the built-in storyline that they're Thunderstorm. They're a tag team. They're, they're good friends. Blah, 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 blah. So this is going to pay off. Everyone wanted to see Thunder Rosa, Tony Storm, at the pay-per-view originally. We all knew Tony Storm was going to win. That was a rumor going into it. But now I'm happy that she did win, getting a moment to shine in this big stage here. But let me, let me volley back to you here in the U.S. Open era. Is Thunder Rosa coming back? Didn't she ask for her release? Is this something we should no, be thinking about? That was a rumor. That was a, that was a rumor. I, I listen. You know, as much as there's bad press about CM Punk, there's been a lot of bad press about Thunder Rosa, and she addressed that on Busted Open. She's addressed that on social media. She's addressed this countless times already. She there are people even questioning is she even injured? 
she is legit injured. Okay. Uh, Thunder Rosa is one not to hold back any punches. Again, it seems like AEW is just losing control of the locker room and, like, you know, they're letting these rumors fly out. It's not good for business here. You know, even people talk about, oh, Thunder Rosa clearly didn't want to lose Tony Storm. Listen, Thunder Rosa, it's, it's being denied countless times. Only, and you don't hear anyone else in the women's locker, locker room talking about Thunder Rosa in a negative way. You know, like, I, I, I don't know where this stuff is coming from or where this hate is coming from. But listen, I hope AEW learned. Well, I think, again, I'm judging right now like, what happened between Moxley and Steam Punk, the, the, the volley of the championship within a week apart. Yeah. But we have no idea what, the, what was going to lead up afterwards or whatever because all that drama happened. Uh, I'm curious to see, like, you know, Thunder Rosa coming back, you know, how Tony Storm is going to be as a champion. You know, obviously Tony Storm has been crushing it. There's a lot of potential from her back in NXT. You know, obviously wasn't happy with, you know, how things are going. WWE left for greater ventures. AEW, she's gone to another level, right? Clearly. Uh, Well-deserved winning the AEW Women's Championship, the interim Women's Championship. But Thunder Rosa ain't no slouch, man. Thunder Rosa is a phenomenal talent. And I, I personally cannot wait to see how this matchup unfolds when it does happen. If it happens. You still think, you still think that she's not going back. You think that she's asking for a release and that's legit. I don't know if it's legit or not. You're the Thunder Rosa fan. You're the ADV Mark here, but where would that come from? That came from a rumor from like not even a good source. You know, it, that was debunked by by people of note. You know, it, it's it's not true. Is it though? You got Thunder Rosa. Listen, Mr. Thunder Rosa. You should. You get Thunder you Rosa being offered your a referee job at the WWE. Okay. F, F that. What does that have to do with anything? I, I want to wrestle, right? Right. I'm fucking Thunder Rosa. I'm not no referee. She's, fucking, she's a fucking good wrestler. Hell yeah. Now that the man offering her the referee job is no longer in power, you got a man willing, probably, if he's smart enough, which he we know he is. How about Charlotte Flair versus Thunder Rosa? How about Becky Lynch for, for Thunder Rosa? I mean, those are money matches. Those are definitely money matches, for sure. CM Punk just said in the scrum, when you, out, when you separate all the fucking bullshit he said, the grass ain't always greeter on the other side. Or that's Chris Jericho. I don't remember who said that, but... And Thunder Rosa... You can't even get the quote right. I got the quote right. I don't know who said it. But in Thunder Rosa's case, maybe the grass is greener on the other side. Maybe. Maybe this all a rumor. Maybe... Maybe it's a negotiating ploy. Maybe this. Maybe that. We we can only go by you know the source is not a credible source okay. that 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 launched this. Okay. You, know, you have again you you want to talk about you know sources. You know you look look at politics. You know you you have to be considered the sources of what's real, what's not. And same thing with wrestling right now. You know I I, I mean it's, okay. Just, I'm just saying Thunder Rose of Charlotte Flair. I'm, I'm uh, that's a money match. WrestleMania worthy. I'm not denying that. I'm not denying that that wouldn't be a money match, but. I think we can agree when in AEW, the money match for that right now will be Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm. Is that a money match? That seems like a dynamite match. Wow. Wow. Is that, that's shitting on Tony Storm. No, I love both women. I'm a big fan of both of those women. But that rivalry. So if you're saying Thunder, that Thunder Rosa versus Charlotte Flair is a money match, but Thunder Rosa versus yes. Tony Storm is not a money match. That's shitting on Tony Storm. I apologize, you're correct. That is a money match for AW. I'm thinking grand scale here. That is correct. That could be a pay-per-view main event or the match. I apologize. AEW's woman talent is not to the level of WWE's woman talent. Yet. But, you know, they do have some good talent in there. A lot of indie talent. Uh, a lot of people came from the indies. But, you know, of course, I mean, WWE is a whole other level. Because, True. you know, again, AEW is a newer promotion. I think that's the only difference. They are getting better and better each and every single week, every year. It, it just climbing up. So yes, that's why I think this will be a marquee match for AEW for sure. But moving on here, Public Enemies podcast at the Enemies PE three. They quote retweeted Dexter Loomis getting involved in the steel cage match with the Miz and Bobby Lashley on Monday Night Raw, saying Dexter Loomis is going to be a star. Buddy, I have to ask you, man. Does Dexter Lewis have star potential in him? Yes. Not main event worthy, not a championship worthy, but he has a spot on the roster. I'm not a fan of his gimmick, but it works. But as I mentioned numerous times, there's a difference between NXT gimmicks that don't often work on the main roster. 
I wasn't, I never thought his his gimmick would work, especially since he doesn't talk. But so far, how they're using him as being a disgruntled employee, shouldn't be here, messing with AJ Styles, now completely kidnapping and messing with The Miz. So far, it is working. In a year's time, will he be a champion? No, he won't be. So then how does that make him a star? You said yes. If you're saying yes, he's not going to be a champion. How does that make him a star? He's not a star then. Your answer would be no. No, he is. If, if you're saying in a year's time, even two years, yeah. three years' time, you don't see this man becoming a champion. No. How is he a star? How is he a star? He's not a star then. The answer would be no. He's not a star. Was Santino talking about Santino not a star? Santino's not is, a star. Is Denhausen not a star? Denhausen is not a star. No. You don't think he's Denhausen? Just people dressing up in, like in the, in the crowd. He has huge merch sales. He has a cult following. He's not a star. Not a knock on Dan Danhausen. Danhausen is talented. He's over, but he's not a star. When I when you say the word star, right? When you say the word star, I'm not even talking about a champion. I'm talking about John Cena. I'm talking about The Rock. I'm talking about Batista. I'm talking about even Sasha Banks right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily talking. I, notice I didn't include Shawn Michaels. Notice I didn't include Stone Cold Steve Austin. Notice I, I didn't include Macho Man Randy Savage. Right. Like these are those are very very good wrestlers. Those are people that got over. Those are people that are damn good at what they did. Star the word star. I I, I I hold that word near and dear to my heart because star is someone that transcends the sport. And Dexter Loomis very good at what he does. Dexter Loomis is a great character. He's a character actor. Kind of reminds me of Michael Fassbender, right? A man who played Magneto in an X Men. Right, the, the the new age X Men, talented actor. Anything I've seen him is so talented. They tried to make him a star, but the man's not a star, per se. Damn good at what he does. Not quite the star. Not a draw on his own. And I love Michael Fassbender. I love Dexter Loomis, but it's kind of like that same level. He's a great character actor, a great character wrestler. It's just not a star. Big difference. Okay, there it is. I, I guess we have two different ne- definitions of the word star. I'm thinking in a broader scale. You're thinking of a different scale. So, what's a star to you then? Money. You can make money off this person. I think they can make money off. You can make money off anyone on that roster, but how much money? How much money makes you a star? I don't know. That point. But so far, what they're doing with Dexter Loomis is working. The crowd seems to be behind him. Those of us that know who he is, going back to disconnect between the main roster and NXT, a lot of people probably don't know who this guy even is. They're doing a good job of trying to sell it on commentary. But I think it, going forward, it's too early to tell, really, because of the, the crowd that does not know who he is. That makes sense. Let's see what's going no, on. You can, tell, you can tell from the fan reaction on, on Raw, actually. It seems like a good portion had no idea what really was going on. I just want to say you can be a world champion. Maybe IC, maybe US, yes. World champion without talking, without cutting promos, really hard to do. I mean, Yokozuna did it. <laughs> Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, you're right. But he had a mouthpiece, though. He had a mouthpiece. So, so what you're saying is uh, Dexter Loomis needs a mouthpiece. Hmm. What's your social media again? I'm, look- I'm looking for new clients. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on here. So Denise Hollywood Superstar at Denise Salcato talking about toxic attraction here. Oh, my God. Can we- Nick- Let's talk all day about toxic attraction, please. Dewdrop and Nikki A.S.H. versus J.C. Jane and uh, G, uh, sorry, I can never say your name. Uh, Gigi Dolan, Gigi, 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 Gigi Dolan. Excuse Gigi me. Dolan, please. Tired. Come on, respect Gigi Dolan. I am so tired. It's past my bedtime. Gigi Dolan was a fun one. I feel it showed Jane and Dolan can hang with the girls from the main roster. And Dewdrop and Nikki appearing on NXT 2.0 has added so much already. That was on NXT, and today. Uh, Friday, Scott Fishman at SM Fishman tweets, Toxic attraction without Mandy Rose would be like Destiny's Child without Beyonce. Hashtag SmackDown. So I do have to ask you, Putty, are we seeing toxic attraction being called up? Is, is this is this is it official? And if it's not, is it time for them to all be called up? Should it be some or all? All. You got to do all of them at once. It's the one for all, all for none type of situation. When I saw toxic attraction today, I knew they were coming out because I read the rundown of SmackDown. I'm like, oh, that's surprising. But it makes sense. You have a rematch of what match should have been two, three weeks ago. But when I saw Toxic Attraction, it's Chiron in the SmackDown font. Like, oh shit, is this 
Is this official? Are they called up here? Because Gord Graves said something. I forgot what it was offhand that made me think. Oh, okay. I guess this is it. Turns out this is not an official call-up. They are still a part of NXT. This is just them, I guess, redoing that match that should have been a couple weeks ago. I love Toxic Attraction. Many reasons why. I don't think they should be called up too soon. Don't do it just yet. Because if you call them up now, there's a huge void in NXT. NXT is doing, in my opinion, you might disagree here, is doing a good job building up up up-and-coming characters. With the women roster, they have a lot of up-and-coming talent in that women roster. But nobody on the level of Manny Rose, nobody on the level right now of Toxic Attraction. So if you pull Toxic Attraction out from NXT, that's a huge void in that woman's roster. Should they be called up? Yes, they deserve it. Not yet, though. I don't know, buddy. I think this was a test. If they're not officially called up, this was a good test. Test, And Toxic Attraction, I mean, obviously Mandy Rose has experience of being on the main roster. And she's definitely excelled going back to NXT. It did wonders for her and her character. And did wonders for JC Jane and G, uh, Gigi Dolan. Toxic Attraction is hot. They, they, they are they are the hot faction. Literally, they, they've gained a lot of steam. They are the main attraction for NXT right now. And yes, you are right. If they get pulled to the main roster, I think NXT would drop off a bit. I think they're probably the, the hottest things going on NXT right now. They're the most interesting thing going on right now. Yeah, big time. But I think it's it's going to happen soon. It's going to be. It's going to happen in the next couple of months. It has to happen because why would you put them on SmackDown, feature them as such, and they did well? If you, the goal is to bring them up, now obviously we haven't seen Mandy Rose back up in the main roster. She wasn't even accompanying Toxic a Toxic Attraction on SmackDown. Wasn't even mentioned. So it, it, it makes me wonder, you know, what's going to happen? Are they going to split up the group? Because I feel like then, if they split up the group, they're just setting up these girls to fail. I think Mandy Rose will be fine on her own. But as far as Gigi and Jason, it's not time to split them up yet. No, not at all. Bring them up together. NXT, I think they, they, they're viewing it more what it is. I think they're, they're not viewing it as a third brand. It's definitely just a developmental brand. Absolutely. And obviously, Mandy Rose, with also the, uh, the, no, the new NXT Europe, it, it, it's... It's a way for them to build up new stars. And Mandy Rose, I think, would be fine coming up to the main roster with Toxic Attraction. It's going to be money all around, especially if they have a feud at Survivor Series with Damage Control. Boom. Money. Too soon. Money right there. Too soon for that. Too soon. Well, I, I, listen, I know you're an NXT guy. Is it, is it because you don't want to see him go to NXT because you know NXT is going to go into shitter afterwards? No, not at all. But there's a lot of great women on NXT. It's like Last Legend, Nikita Lyons, Wendy Chu, who's really up and coming is Tiffany Stratton. They're not on the... Cora Jade, Roxy. Although those two are not on the same level, but Cora Jade and Roxanne are not there yet. Cora Jade, you don't think is on that? Cora Jade is definitely ready. For the main roster. Not not for the main main roster, not yet, but to fill the gap for when Mandy Rose goes. I think Cora Jade could be the face of NXT. Oh, I, think, I, I agree. I agree. I agree. I think she needs to beat Manny Rose to do that. And same with Roxanne. Roxanne could be that person as well. I think that's why I think Manny Rose to leave next month or two, they would be fine because especially NXT is developmental. That's what it's there for. And, and you know, they're going to fill that gap just fine there. Will they lose some star power for sure? Because Manny Rose does. It's not as uh, what she does on TV. She also brings that veteran leadership there, but. At the same time, yeah, people coming from the main roster back and forth all the time there. So who knows who else will come down there? We'll see. I just don't think toxic attraction versus cancel culture. Uh, what are they called? Damage, damage control. Thank you. Damage control. Oh, too soon. Cancel culture would be a great faction name, too. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just too soon. There's no there's no storyline right yet. There's not enough build for that just yet. Maybe next I year mean, in 2023, maybe. But it's just too soon for that. I mean, do we still have quite a few more weeks till Survivor Series? So who knows what could happen? Months, exactly. So I, I mean, for it to happen like next week, I agree, way too soon. But for it to eventually happen, Survivor Series, maybe a showdown, a women's rumble, absolutely possible. I, I don't think that's out of the question. If done right, that would be awesome. But moving on here to the next subject, Cultaholic Wrestling at Cultaholic, five stars. 
Dave Meltzer has given Sheamus versus Gunther a full five stars for the WWE Intercontinental Championship match at WWE Clash of the Castle. This is the second WWE main roster match this year to be given a five star rating with Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins also achieving it. I also interesting stat I found. This is like only a handful of five star matches that Meltzer has given to WWE since 1997. Wow. I have to ask you this, buddy. Who does this benefit more? Gunther or Sheamus? Gunther. Hands down. What more does Sheamus have to gain or prove? He is a multi-time champion, king of the ring, Mr. Money in the Bank. They kept mentioning numerous times the build to this match, even during this match. If he wins, he'll be the first Grand Slam, uh, mega Grand Slam champ. I forgot the, the word they used. Because it's the only thing he's missing. Sheamus is an automatic Hall of Famer right now. Gunther is up and coming. He's only been in the main roster for a couple months. Again, a lot of people in the main roster don't know who he was, but to show out how he did against Sheamus, that great epic brawl match. I'm not a Sheamus fan, but this match is one I was looking forward to because their styles just match so well, and this match did not disappoint. I'm not surprised it's five stars. This is a great match, match of the year contender, and I just, just catapults Gunther so much. Great job. I'm going to disagree with you. Of course you will. Where's vacant? Can, Gunther, can, we call, can we call vacant? While oh. this helped Gunther out quite a bit, but l- let me let me rally off some of the the five star matches that Dave Meltzer has given. He's given Bret Hart versus Stone Cold WrestleMania 13, HBK versus Undertaker, Bad Blood, CM Punk oh. versus John Cena, Money in the Bank, and then Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins at Hell in a Cell. So that's only one, two, three, four matches since 1997. Undertaker five, counting this one. Undertaker. So, Shawn Michaels, Bad Blood, Hell in a Cell. Not WrestleMania 25? Not WrestleMania 25. That's insane. That's insane. So for Sheamus to be in that company, to say that the fact that he had nothing else to prove, nothing else to gain, that's some pretty damn company to be in, my man. I, I think that it's a good reminder for people that definitely don't necessarily know of what a good competitor Sheamus is. You know, Sheamus, see, Sheamus for a while has almost become like an afterthought, a tag team specialist. Someone that wasn't necessarily a draw, you know, someone that was that's held championships, but like not memorable runs, if you will. Probably his most memorable one was his first one when he he shocked the world by be, by beating John yeah. Cena, you know. But the fact that yeah, at his age, especially for him to still go and have a five star match to be in the name of these Hall of Famers right here, these or soon to be Hall of Famers. That special company, man. I think Sheamus really needed that to get him completely over so he could have that underneath his belt. Those are bragging rights, my man. Those are bragging rights. And while it's great for Gunther, Gunther has a very long career, but Sheamus still had something else to prove there. And, and I think that was very important for Sheamus. The only thing Sheamus had to prove was that he still had it. And I don't think many people doubted that he still had it. It was just the, what he was given. Now he's given this great match against Gunther. To put Gunther over, Gunther's now on a different level than anybody else. He is now restoring prominence on the trajectory to restore prominence to the IC title. After that great match, beating Sheamus, the world champion, former King of the Ring, former Money in the Bank, his resume, we all know it right now. I think Gunther just now just elevates him up a little bit more. Without a doubt, big win for Gunther, for sure. Yeah. And, and you know, he's, he has a long career, go God willing, he's got a long career ahead of him, barring any sort of injuries or setbacks. But, yeah. like, you know, he's a very good wrestler. What he, He's very good at what he does. You know, Sheamus, was he always known for his wrestling? He was known for a brawler. You yeah. know, and, and this this helped him, I think, a lot to get more eyes on him. And the fact that he can still go. He's got juice in the tank, man. Obviously, he could still go. This benefited both men. Overall, this benefited both men. I think Gunther more. Overall, yes. Overall, I think, yes. I, I think he I needed think. it more. But Sheamus is definitely recouping the rewards of this great match as well. For sure. I mean, Listen, if anything, yeah, I mean, Sheamus is towards a, a later end of his career here, obviously, as compared to Gunther. That's why maybe maybe Sheamus needed it more, I think, is probably the, the, the right wording as far as Gunther is concerned. Like, Gunther has plenty of opportunities to showcase what he does, and he has. I mean, obviously, listen, no one's surprised about the fact that Gunther put on a hell of a performance because everyone that knows Gunther, yeah. or Walter, uh, that was. I mean, like, yeah, especially that audience. But I, I don't think a lot of people recognize the fact that you know, Sheamus' ability and how far he can go. You know, so I, that's why I think Sheamus probably needed this more. But going on here, since we're going to OT, the real EST at WWE Realist, SmackDown ends with Cross choking out Drew, hashtag SmackDown, 
hell of an image there. Yes, please. Ask, you know, Karen Cross coming back to the main roster. Triple H's guy after going to a CYN, Control Your Narrative. Has Karrion Cross redeemed himself after being his initial call-up to the WWE? He was he was called up already? <laughs> I don't I don't I don't remember him being called up already. Um you don't remember you don't no. remember being him being called up before? No. On I Monday don't, Night Raw? I don't, anybody, you don't remember I don't that, anybody that does. You, you don't remember Scott, this, uh This was amazing. I mentioned I'm a huge Killer Cross fan before WWE. I'm a huge Karrion Cross fan. I was so excited about his debut. And then now the the package is complete again with Scarlet. He looks even surprisingly. He looks even more badass with hair. Usually the other way around, but his look is fantastic. And just what they've been doing the last couple of weeks with carrying Cross is is just so enjoyable. Especially the fact that he's going after Drew McIntyre because Roman Reigns is going away for the next couple of months. This is a few. That's fantastic. This is how Carrying Cross should have been debuted originally back in the before times. It's just win-win. And the fact, what I loved so much about this, when he was choking out Drew McIntyre, the announcer kept talking about how Drew McIntyre is fading. He is fading. He's got Drew McIntyre fading. What happened? Our screen faded as well. It to the point where it went black. We still heard that everything, but our screen was black, which was a fantastic production shot it was just oh, amazing wwe's production team has been a plus plus this whole past week between the shot that they did looking down on uh, dexter loomis from the show oh yeah true to, to this at the end here is smackdown there is no other promotion that can match wwe's yeah. production uh and i've been seeing that for a very very long time they, they, they do a great job what they do so there's no doubt about that hey karen cross Hey, man, I agree with mostly everything you're saying. Karen really? Cross, uh, I mean, they're, they're doing a great job repackaging him. Has he redeemed himself, though, is the question. And I would say not yet. I would say not yet. Not. He's, on his, he's on his way to, for sure. But you know, we haven't seen him have a match yet, brother. We have to see him have his first match back, you know, since he's his initial well, call-up. Okay. You see the fan okay. reaction to that. We need to see what happens there. We need to see what, how is it going to be booked. You know, does he lose to Drew McIntyre? What are people going to say about that? How does he lose to Drew McIntyre? Does he beat Drew McIntyre? How does he do it? You know, these are all questions I have to ask. And I think that this question cannot be fully answered until we see that. Okay, then. Let's get into some go-home thoughts. Marcus, your first show back. Welcome back. Thank you. Very, Thank ru- you. very, very rusty. You got to work on that. I do. I felt it. Jeez. Damn. My, my apologies, everyone. And you I know go- what? No. But- Okay, I, I no no longer apologizing people. I, I was rusty, but I'm going to get better. You know, apologies are empty words. It's actions, and you'll see me back better than ever, and hopefully with more interviews. So be on the lookout for that. Any go home thoughts for you, my friend? Go home thoughts. Uh, well, let's say you know, uh, rest in peace to my meme, my grandma. Oh yeah, please talk about that. Uh, just lost her the other day. She. She was fighting for a few months. You know, she's 90. She lived a hell of a life, man. Holocaust survivor. Came here from France, not knowing a soul. Uh, you know, she um, one of the toughest people I've probably ever known. You know, and, and I mean that in a good way. If my daughter has an ounce of her strength, then uh, yeah, I'm going to have a, one hell of a firecracker on my hands. But, you know, it, it, it's, it's a good thing. And um, it's, it's, it's weird, man. Like, you know, this is my last living grandparent that's passed. So I feel like it's an end of an era. Yeah, it's it's just a weird time. Like I, I people keep on asking, reaching out to me, and thank you to everyone that has reached out to me about this, including you, buddy. Thank you. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's weird. I feel like I haven't really had time to really grieve and go through what I have to go through. Like you know, I'm, I'm a dad now, and you know, I'm looking after a little one. Uh, you know, I have stuff going on here on my end. I just moved. You know, so, so I feel like it had a chance to really impact me till right now as I'm talking to you. Yeah, it, it's it's just it's just all a weird time right now. I, I miss her already, man, and it's um I'm just happy she's no longer suffering, you know. Uh yeah, I'm just I'm glad she's no longer suffering. And then my wife said that she loved to ballroom dance and uh hopefully you know she's in uh, that better place uh dancing her heart out. So cheers to you, Mimi. I love you and I miss you. Well said, buddy. You did a great tribute on your social medias, by the way. 
Uh, appreciate that, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. yeah I know, it's I know the same feeling, man. They're not suffering anymore. They're at peace. But going back to, I don't know if you, I'm going to say it anyway. A couple months ago, you mentioned how you went down there to visit her because it was, it was time. Yeah. Oh my God, buddy. I'm so sorry. If you need anything, let me know. But then you tell me she made like miraculous yeah. recovery because, well, it's like, okay. And here we are months later. This woman fought her ass off. It's like, fuck you. I'm going to fucking keep living. Dude, it was a joke, man. I was saying like, you know, death is playing a staring contest with her yeah. death blinked. Yeah, that's like, what it sounded like. Yeah, you know, exactly. She She's just such a tough woman, man. The doctors gave her two days to live, and that was in May. And she just died just, uh, a, a few days ago. And, you know, I, I, I knew in the back of my head it was coming because, you know, I, I actually had some, like, really nice moments with her, her the last few of the last time I went down there. And like one of the last conversations we had was a beautiful moment. But she was, she was with it. You know, she she had yeah. dementia along amongst other things, and she was uh, she had clarity at moment. She said this uh, was a goodbye. You know, she realized this was it. This okay, was the last time we're gonna be talking. It was sad. I got off the phone. I said to my wife, like I think I just said goodbye to my grandma. You know, like uh, it was a weird feeling. It was like it was, it was like, very heavy. You know, yes. and but she said like I'm proud of you. Uh, you're you're a great father, I can tell, and I just want you know I'm proud of you and I love you. Wow, she said that, man, and like I mean a lot, and I, you know I, I'm I'm really glad that she pulled through to be able to see her great granddaughter be born, yep. to see a picture of her, just FaceTime with her even. So that was huge, man. It, it's it feels it's so weird, man. It's an end of an era right here for yeah. for the Schwan family from my end. <laughs> um, I'm dealing with it obviously my own way. I tried to power through it all week and here i am uh kind of emotionally breaking down here <laughs> so... not crying though remember when my father passed away i was crying so you do better than i did <laughs> i'm not drinking so that's why and uh, i'm oh it helps it helps, it helps so much please i rec- <laughs> highly recommend it i might be too tired to cry too that's true this is, way, this is way past my bedtime and my daughter is going through her four month sleep regression mm-hmm. so uh the tear, the tear ducts might be dry. <laughs> my my grandfather, her first husband, I I didn't know him really too well. Uh, but my other two grandparents, my mom's side, when they passed, it's like it was, um, I felt closer to them, even though like they lived in a different country. I couldn't get my chance to say goodbye to them, and actually, it helped me have a better relationship with my mama, the uh, the one I just passed. Mm-hmm. And so for me. When I went down there in North Carolina in May, like I, I felt like it was me saying goodbye to all my grandparents, if you will. Because you went down there to say yeah, goodbye. And, yeah, I was told two days. Yeah. I was told just two days, so I went down to say that goodbye. Was May, right? My daughter, were... my daughter was just born. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit, my, my grandma is, is about to pass. I need to go down there uh, for so many reasons. Yeah, dude, she, again, man, she, she is a tough, tough woman. Tough, tough woman. But, you know, she doesn't have to fight anymore. Nope. Yeah, peace, man, man. Yeah. And your daughter has the yeah, same so, spirit, though, so God bless. Yes. Yes, which means I'm probably going to lose my hair very fast, so. <laughs> you, you aren't already? Okay. All right, we could wrap this up. <laughs> Marshall, welcome back to the show. Thank you, play. Pleasure to be back. Thank you for having me back. Episode so, man, 300. Episode 300. Green Man came back to the show. I'm back, baby. Let's, let's let's bring stuff back from the past. Let's do this. I'm here. And we haven't seen him since. So I'm hoping you don't fall on the steps of Green Man. I'll see you next week. Absolutely. Unless the Jets lose. Absolutely, man. Maybe the Jets lose. You have to recoup. I mean, but by, by the time the show airs, the Jets have already lost. So, I yeah. mean. <laughs> so here my co-host sure that- just mentioned his uh, Meme. 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 We recently lost the Queen of England. 70 years, the longest reigning monarch in England history. It's a huge statement. Huge, man. Huge. Like, it's it's so big, man. Like, Premier League has uh, paused all games. Did they? Uh, for the weekend. Yeah. It, it's, it's a big deal. The crown stopped production well, uh, because of the queen. Uh, you know, the, the Queen Elizabeth, I mean, depending who you ask, yes. is, is, a, is a major influence in the world. Uh, I can't be denied, though. If you really hate her, so, that can't be done. Yeah, some say for the better, some would say for the worse. But, like, you know, like, the royal family, I mean, of course, they, any royal is going to come with some sort of controversy. Yeah. Especially when you've been in power for so long. There will never be another Queen Elizabeth like that again. 
Like they they'll never we'll never have someone to have that type of reign for as long again. And you know, Godspeed to her, man. She she was with it up until the very end. She just she just met with the new prime minister two days ago, as of Friday. Yeah, <laughs> which is wild if you think about it. King Charles now is the longest reigning monarch in waiting. Which is so weird, King Charles, to hear that now. Very weird. You, but you know, it's, you know, it's funny. Like he's been living for this moment for his whole life, right, King Charles? And he's it's not going to be what he thinks it's going to be because now all he's ever going to be hearing is like, well, Queen Elizabeth would have done that differently. Well, Queen Elizabeth, well, yeah, but, Queen Elizabeth. Like, <laughs> no, that makes total sense. Hearing. He knows his mother is beloved. I mean, she got right. through that black guy, Princess Diana, and he's not. He's not beloved at all. Going back to your grandmother, going back to the Queen, this show will post probably in the evening of September 11th. Every oh, year we right. honor and remember September 11th. Just hug your loved ones. Tell people you love them, you love them, because you never know what's going to happen tomorrow, as we all just encapsulated this. So, Marcus, I love you, brother. I love you too, buddy. You Dude, you're, you're, you're one of the best things to happen for me entering into the professional wrestling world. Met a brother in this. And Damn right, for life, you. buddy. When you shot of wrestling, you shot wrestling for life. Too sweet, brother. So from the returning, your favorite actor, Mark Schwann, I have your host at Mugged Putty. Until next week, putty out. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby, but I got you pinned. Ha, 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 ha. But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody. <laughs>